It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Ian Bailey, I understand you have been uh, perfecting your Irish in your spare time. Can I talk to uh, uh, um, uh, Ian, thanks for being with us on the programme. And it's coming up to 25 years now since uh, the night that changed so many lives. In mm. fairness, yeah. yours yeah. among them. Um, what are your reflections as, you, as we approach that date? Um, well, my reflections, I don't know. I mean, obviously, clearly, it's something that is, you know, 25 years, that's a quarter of a century. And I was, you know, falsely identified right from the beginning as somehow involved. I've always denied my involvement. There was no evidence, as has been accepted by the DPP here on many occasions. And I'm just, I mean, obviously, you know, it's, it's exacted its toll on myself, on my partner, on my former partner now and on the family of the victim in France. I just think it's appalling because I know there are people in this country who know I have nothing to do with this crime. And I, my prayer has always been that the truth come out. And, you know, I'm almost sort of exhausted from um, banging on and trying to do anything I can to clear my name. But um, no, I, I, anyway, yeah, so, you know, here we are a quarter of a century on. Do you think the mystery will ever be solved? I would hope it would be, and I would hope somebody would have the, uh, you know, the courage to come forward in this country and acknowledge that it wasn't me. You say that a cold case review is needed. You've written to the commissioner asking for one to be opened. We don't know yeah, yet. Yeah, I mean, I've been to the commissioner's office on three occasions this year, and the last response I got was that a cold case review was being considered. Now, I've not had any more official correspondence from Drew Harris's office, the only information I've heard has been via the fourth estate, the media. And I understand there is some sort of review going on, um, whether it's a cold case review or not. I don't really, that doesn't really bother me. I'm asking for an honest, objective review of the case. Would you, would you allow yourself to be interviewed again by the Gardaí? I've made it quite clear in my correspondence with Mr. Harris that I would be perfectly prepared, as would my my ex-partner, to cooperate with any meaningful, objective um, re-investigation or inquiry. Yeah. What do you think might be achieved by that, Ian? Well, I mean, principally, I, I have, you know, I've battled now for 25 years to uh, try to clear my name. I've done everything that I could do to try to do that. And 
Um, as everybody knows, I was convicted on a pile of lies in Paris that, you know, that wouldn't make muster in Dublin. And yet in, in the French legal system, you know, they could convict a person in their absence. And I'm, you know, I'm just tired of being held out to be the, you know, somehow guilty of this crime. It's, it's appalling. It's terrible. Is there any way, say, and you've said what you've said about the French, that is there any way that if the French agreed to reopen their side of the case, would you cooperate with them? Well, I think the, the thing is, actually, I was denied the opportunity to have the interview, an interview with the, the judge in the, in the preliminary of the French case prior to the trial. There was a request made by the Irish state that I'd be um, given an audience with the, the judge. Mm. But you could have gone. Could you not have gone voluntarily to the trial yourself rather than have him go in your absence? I was actually thinking about doing that at one point, but I was advised by my lawyers, and quite often I, you know, I, I Frank Bottomer, thank, you know, bless him, he's been very good, and the, and the barristers, and I was advised under no circumstances to consider going there, and the reason is, and I, I was up at UCC as you probably know, and did five years of, yes. of law study up there, and that was great, and one of the things I studied as a sidebar subject was French Bonaparte law, criminal law. And it's quite clear under their system of law, which goes back to 1810 and Napoleon Bonaparte, that if you were accused, there's a presumption of guilt as opposed to a presumption of innocence under our system of law. So I would have had no chance whatsoever. Yeah. You're, you're facing a lengthy jail sentence there at this stage, which kind of traps you in Ireland. How do you feel well, about that? Five-year jail sentence ahead of me if, if they ever manage to get hold of me. God forbid they do. And I've already had a 25-year sentence here of being falsely accused. Yeah, but come back to the question I asked, would you, if, if by some quirk of fate they, they agreed to look again, would you cooperate with the French? I, I, I cooperate with anybody who isn't being meaningful and objective about the case. But, I mean, they, you know, I mean, it's, this is to do with international law and, um, you know, to do with the AW and to do with the um, this pan-European criminal legal system, which we now have all, all the European states have signed up to. And, you know, all this PJ is I have nothing to do with it. And I, I think it's appalling that we, both myself and Jules and our families and other people's families have been put through this, uh, in effect, a torture. When all this happened, you were, or had been, at least in the UK anyway, quite a promising journalist. You'd resettled in West Cork. Mm -hmm. Assuming that you did not kill Miss Toscan du Plantier, as you say you didn't, Well, do you know who did? No, I don't. I mean, I've got my own theories, but I don't have any proof of those theories. Well, well without naming anybody, you have theories. Do you have someone in mind? Well, I mean, it, it struck me that there were two possibilities. One, that it was somebody from France who came over here and it was an assassination. And the other story that seems to have never, never been, it's not been provable, but it's never died away, is that it was somebody local from Bantry. Your interactions on Twitter and this is just an interpretation of them, they would suggest that you know more than you can safely say. Would I be right there? I, well, I don't know. I mean, I've got my own theories, but I can't prove them. I mean, and on, on the Twitter thing, it's quite interesting that I was a social media virgin until earlier this year. Yeah. And then those two documentaries came out, and my life changed beyond almost recognition. 
And there was a, there were a few, I think they call them trolls, and they seem to be sort of they're, they're, they're very ignorant and, and malicious. So as a result of the trolls springing up, I've I got a group of supporters who sort of mm. sprang up. And, mm. um, you know, anyway. You know, well, journalists are, know how to write and trained legal professionals like you are now on top of it also know how to write. So reading your comments carefully, one does suggest that there's more you'd like to say. Well, I think there are questions I'd like to be have answered. If I, if, but I'm not really in a position to be able to put, put those questions to the people who I know wouldn't know the answers. I mean, it's just I just think it's an it's an international disgrace, and it's a disgrace that I've been put through what I've been put through, that Jules has been put through what she's been put through, that the family, see, and the family were convinced from day one. They were told the French family were told, have no doubt, we know who did it. You see, so I know that they were told from the beginning that it was myself. Mm. So I can understand them if you like buying into the false narrative that was created and I, I, I feel very very sorry for them because they have bought into a false narrative and they do think that I'm the, the, the murderer of their mm. you know the, but, the, but clearly Ian they're intelligent people in their own right they're, they're not fools they're, they're capable of thought yeah they may well have been told what you said they were told but they've spent they've had 25 years to think about this too yeah, well, all I know is that they bought into the false narrative that was created pretty early on, maybe even on day one, mm. on the first but, but, day. On, but but on they've the... stayed with it ever since. Like that, they are intelligent people. They're, they they stayed that that narrative. Yes, it was given to them, as you say. But they also have had twenty five years to reflect on this, as have you, and they yeah. they they stay with their original version of events. If it they was, do. A, they do. If you were in a position to speak ever directly to them. I mean, highly unlikely because they, you know, they believe you are the man who killed their daughter. What would you say to them? Well, I would just say that I have absolutely nothing to do with this. And I know that, you know, I know that I don't. I know God above knows that I don't. And I know that there are people in this country who, who know I had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Your life has been blighted by this since, uh, since you were first arrested uh, in the early part of 1997. I remember it very well. I remember you being arrested. I remember being outside Bandangarda Station th that particular night. So, you know, I have a very vivid memories of that occasion. And right, yes. Do you know, why, Ian, if I would put it to you this way, why don't you just go away and live a quiet life Well, rather than do, continuing do, 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 to reignite do, the conversation? PJ, I knew right from the beginning, one, there is no statute on a murder. And two, I had, you know, you get these, like it was fight or flight. But I can remember very distinctly that, that, you know, those, we get these chemical reactions in our body from cortisol and from adrenaline. And I always chose to fight and stay. And I knew that even if I had gone back to, to Britain and pursued my career as a journalist, it, this would not have gone away. This would not have gone away, and it wouldn't have gone away. Mm. You know, so I, I've just tried to make the best of a bad situation for as long as I've been doing it. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm determined to continue buggering on and, and fighting to clear my name and take any opportunity I can to do that. Yeah, you mentioned the two documentaries earlier on. Now I have watched them both. 
and twice actually, uh, both of them. I have spoken to Jim Sheridan, who made one of them. What did you make of mm -hmm. them? Well, first of all, I only saw two, the first two episodes of the Jim Sheridan five-part objective documentary for the Sky. Mm. I didn't watch any more, and I haven't seen any more. Why not? Would, you, would would one not be very curious to to watch them? Would you? No, strangely enough, not no. Why? Um, well, no. I mean, I, I chose not to be. I watched the first two when they came out, mm. and I I found it very very upsetting. I found it very upsetting for the victim. I found it very upsetting for Jules, and I actually started to feel a little bit sorry for myself because I saw myself as a younger man with not too bad looking, with a good head of hair. And, you know, and so I, ch I just chose as a, if you like, it's a coping mechanism. I might sit down and watch them at some point over the holiday. It's in my mind to do that. Mm. As for the Netflix, I haven't watched it. I knew that that was going to be a piece of, in effect, demonizing propaganda, which it was. How can you, hang on, how can you say that when you haven't seen it? Ah, well, because I had parts of it drawn to my attention by different people. But you know as a journalist, you know that a part drawn to your attention is no good unless watched in context. Uh, well, the, the point about it is there was a dirty, rotten, sinking lie that was perpetuated in the Netflix production, which was to do with a, a long a black coat that I once used to possess mm. that, was take, that was taken away from me on the first arrest, which I never received. And, and the false, the lie that was told about it was that I had somehow, the suggestion was that I'd, I'd probably been wearing that at the time of the crime, and that I had then gone to the trouble of bleaching and then destroying the coat by burning it. Well, that was nonsense because, one, I was seen in it on the Christmas Day swim in Skull, and two, it was number one on the list of items that were listed having been taken away from me mm. on the first arrest. Yeah. I guess you, you do really want to sit down with someone and talk your way through this this cold case. You've mentioned Jules a couple of times. I'm aware that your relationship has come to the end. We, we were all made very aware of the, the nastiness. Well, look, no, 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 look, I was guilty of what might be called domestic abuse. There were a couple of incidents where we both drank and I was guilty of, you know, um, very, very, very bad behavior towards her. And that was well over 25 years ago. So do you talk at all now? Uh, we have we have had limited little um, contact since we since we sort of we split. You know, it's not been easy for her, and I mm. appreciated her situation. And she was, you know, I, I've had to find a new accommodation. I had to move everything out. All my my book, you know, it, it was a great upheaval, in, in, and it would mm. be in anybody's life. Is there any friendship left? Well, I've still got affectionate feelings for her, um, and uh, you know, I think we 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 we. we when, when these things happen, I think, you know, you, the emotional heart gets broken, I guess, and the, the emotions run high, and it takes a while for the emotional um, turbulation, is that not, I just made that word up, the emotional upheaval to yeah. settle down, and I think we're, well, I'm certainly still in, that, in the process of that. Yeah. Come back to where we started 25 years ago, everything changed. What, what do you think... I suppose I'm getting you to speculate now, but what do you think would have been your life had had this not happened, Ian? Well, I don't know because one, I've learned never to do sort of retrospective iffy bodies. If you know, this but, you, but surely you must have had moments where you said, "Christ, if this never happened, where would I be now?" 
I did, you know, I tend not to think like that because there's no point in it. You know, I just deal with the reality that I've dealt with. I mean, what I would guess is that I would have carried on to be, you know, I had been pursued my journalistic career as I was pursuing it. Um, I've always liked writing. I mean, re more recently, I've actually gone back to a form of journalism, writing a series of articles for the big issue. Mm. And, uh, you know, that, that was a sort of semi, well, it was a, a, a small autobiographical series of articles. And I'm quite excited about the future and as much that my creative juices are flowing again and I've got two or three very good creative ideas for the new year coming up, mm. one of which is write an autobiography. Mm -hmm. Do you ever get tired of the limelight? I know you're probably in it unwillingly, but do you ever get tired of it? It's not, it's, I wouldn't say it's limelight. Uh, that's... Um, Look, I just deal with this stuff. I, you know, I've learned over the years, and I, I am a media person. You know, my background was media, newspapers, television, radio, and I know what the me the media is a multi-headed beast, PJ, with many heads and many sharp teeth. And you know, the the, if the you know how I got mauled, and it felt like I was being eaten alive at the beginning of this thing when the guards went around the media and our neighbours telling everybody. Have no doubt, it was me. It was Ian Bailey, and um, no, I just dealt. I just dealt. I just deal with this stuff. I call it. Sh I politely, I call it shite. I just deal with the shite, and I do what I have to do, and I try then to carry on and be as creative as I can be within my own little, uh, you know, creative bubble. How will you spend Christmas? I will have actually been very nicely invited to spend it with some. I've got a, a couple of. I've had quite a few people have offered me. Uh, um, you know, uh, the, the, the opportunity to stay with them as part of a, f a larger family thing over Christmas. So I'm not quite sure exactly what I'll be doing, but I've, um, I've got a, I've got an idea. I'll, I'll be spending it with a with a nice nice family. Okay, Ian, it's been good to speak with you, and uh, and I wish you well and thank you. Okay, well, Guru Mila Margaret and Solas Nanolag, um, thank you. Courts ninety six FM. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.